previously on playing the Rube. You know, are we are we worried about starting pitcher health here as we're in the middle of spring training? I mean, we we obviously need to see what happens with Moyer, but are we kind of open to like maybe going a little harder for Colby Lewis, or are we okay at the moment? This is a problem. Okay. He has a torn labrum. Oh, that is a problem. He's gonna be out for six months. All right. So, what's Colby Lewis up to? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in two thousand eight, Brian Stavisky was playing independent ball. Miguel Cairo. Do we want to keep him up on the team at this moment, or do we want to kind of risk him? I think we have to go on waivers, but I don't know if he's not really a spot on this team. He refuses to be demoted. Oh. Okay. So he either has to stay on or be released. Is that right? Yeah, let's keep him on the roster for another week, and then at the end of spring we can make our final judgment on him. Victorino's out for three weeks. All right, we got a Colby Lewis update. How about that? Okay. Cleveland is promising me a King's Ransom, and I'm likely going to accept it unless something better comes along. You'd better break open the piggy bank if you want, to sign, want me to sign with you instead. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions October 29th, 2008. Just days later, Ruben Amaro Jr. would be named general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. But what if, months after that, Ruben left. That's where we come in. Two guys living in their houses in 2017 will attempt to simulate the 2009 Phillies in answering the eternal question, could two guys living in their houses in 2017 do better than Ruben Amaro Jr. with the Philadelphia Phillies? Welcome to Playing the Rube. Welcome to Playing the Rube. I'm Tim Malcolm, the editorial director of Phillies Nation, and this is the podcast in which two guys try to be better than Ruben Amaro Jr. in winning a World Series with the Philadelphia Phillies. With me is the Steve Bannon to my Donald Trump, Dan Walsh. I don't know if I like that introduction. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> was it the, was it clunky or was it the Steve Bannon part? It's the Steve Bannon. You know, our our site has a little more. I don't know, uh, a different editorial direction than his. Yeah. Than, than Bannon's. <laughs> don't talk loudly about that, okay? <laughs> this is a family podcast. Um, That's right. This is the Phillies Nation podcast, and for those of you who don't know, the podcast is. Myself and Dan are the general manager and assistant general manager of the 2009 Phillies on Out of the Park Baseball 2018. And our job is to take over from when Ruben Amaro took over that season and try to do better than him, which is to win a World Series or just at least keep the Phillies competitive for much longer. So we're going to do that through the magic of simulated baseball because there's nothing more authentic than that. Wouldn't you say that? Uh, yeah, you know, in some ways this is more realistic than real life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, all right. So last week on the podcast, we finished up our, uh, spring training and we actually, the, we did better than, than, uh, we, we started spring training pretty, we struggled a little bit, but we finished off with a nice little flourish and finished spring with a 14 and 16 record, 
which puts us comfortably sort of in the middle of things. Uh, if you want any comparison, the, the Cubs, who had the best record in the National League last year, went 15-15. and 15. Um, and the Tampa Bay Rays, who we beat in the World Series last year, went 16-14. and 14. So we're right there with everybody else, which is good to see. We did suffer some injuries. Jamie Moyer is out for six months, and that could mean the entire season, just knowing that a 43-year-old man might not be able to heal in time. Um, not that he's old, but he's old for baseball. And uh, the biggest injury that we just uh, hit just before spring training ended was Shane Victorino got hurt, and he's out for a couple weeks. So that brings me to this. Um, I asked Charlie Manuel to give me his opening day lineup, what he thinks will probably be the most probable lineup for when we play the Braves on opening day Sunday night. Uh, big game in Philadelphia, all the cameras on us, national TV, the whole thing. So he put Brian Stavisky as his opening day center fielder. And I'll be honest, I'm a little worried about that. It's just something in me is like, I know he had a good spring, but I don't know. Brian Stavisky as the opening day center fielder for the defending world champions. Does that sound right to you? It, it absolutely doesn't. And, you know, Stavisky, we could use him as a bench player, you know, you can lean on him maybe for a couple couple games to start the, the season, but you don't want him as your long-term, uh, you know, starting center fielder, that's for sure. Yeah. So what I decided to do was, in hearing Charlie Manuel's jarbled uh, talk about his opening day lineup, I decided to go to you, Dan, and say, let's talk about the waiver wire and figure out who we might want to bring in on a very, very low-cost, you know, nothing sort of deal um, for an outfield spot on this team. The other thing to think about is that Lehigh Valley right now is undermanned. There's 23 men on the roster, and Miguel Cairo is insistent that he will not play in the minor leagues this year. <laughs> so <laughs> he's probably going to be released, um, which is fine, because I don't, I don't have a truck for Miguel Cairo. But... Um, uh, is that something that anybody's ever said in their life? I don't have a truck from Miguel Cairo. But I don't think I don't think so. No, I've never heard that before in my life. That's awesome. So, <laughs> uh, so we need to have a, a we just need to have a couple more guys in the Slayout Valley roster, and that'll happen with time. Andrew Carpenter's hurt; he'll be back pretty soon. Jay Happ will be back pretty soon, and that'll move Rodrigo Lopez down to the minors and all that good stuff. But we do need another player in uh, we need another position player in Lehigh Valley, and we need an outfielder because right now the Lehigh Valley outfield is very bare. There's like three guys in it. We need at least a fourth guy, and that should be John Mayberry Jr., who I think would just get. He, he should get playing time every day in Lehigh Valley instead of sitting on the bench in Philadelphia. So, all that said, I sent you the waiver wire. Who's in the outfield? You know, are there any guys that are available in the outfield that you were like, ooh, this guy might be good to pick up? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to read some of the names, and people will understand if, if I say none of them really jump out to me. Uh, so we have... We have Juan Rivera, who is rated by the game an overall score of 50, so he's exactly average. Um, but then it drops off pretty steeply. The next outfielder we have is Brian Anderson, uh, who's rated as a 20, right? And we have some guys in between who I think could play outfield but don't have it as their primary position. So we go from 50 and Juan Rivera, then we go down to Brian Anderson as a 20, and everybody else grades as a 20. We have Rocco Baldelli there, um, Jason Botts. Um, you know, you have guys like Josh Bard, but he's, you know, a primary catcher. 
Um, so, you know, so none of these names are really guys who I'm like, you know, are they really any better than Stavisky and Mayberry? Yeah, I mean, Juan Rivera, um, the thing about him is I feel like if I, – I think he's going to need starting time. I don't think he's the kind of player that should be on a bench either. Um, and once Gene Victorino comes back, suddenly you have a bench player. So Rivera last year with the Angels hit 246 with a 282 OBP and 438 slug. Those aren't good numbers necessarily. But he's, I don't know, I feel like he would probably be more better served as a starter. He's also making $1.4 million this year, which I really don't want to pay a lot of money for this guy. I want a guy who is going to be under a million dollars and, you know, just give us... He also he needs to play center field, and Rivera isn't necessarily a center fielder. He, in fact, doesn't have a rating at center field. So we need a guy who can play center because right now the only other guy on the roster who can is Brian Stavisky. Yeah, so even even Worth doesn't have a rating for center field. Oh, I'm sorry, Worth, Worth does, but I don't necessarily want to put him in right in center field to start the year, you know? Yeah, I mean, we could if we had to, you know, if there was some kind of situation where the only person we could get, um, you know, was a corner outfield spot, then we could put Worth in center. But um, but you're right, so first we should kind of prioritize having a guy who can play center. Plus, the, plus the other thing is uh, Matt Stairs is one of the outfielders on the roster, and I mean, he could barely play left field, right? So, you know, we need to have some flexibility there, I think. Yeah, we do. Um, um, so that one of the things I was thinking uh, kind of along the vein of Matt Stairs and how terrible that would be um, defensively was, you know, what skills are we actually looking for from the guy that we do put out there, right? So um, these guys, like I said before, their overall rating will be pretty low. So which categories should we be looking at? You know, do you want... Uh, avoiding strikeouts? Do you want power versus lefties? Do you want, you know, like uh, good defense, good speed? You know, are there certain yeah. s- certain stats that we should be looking at, certain skills? I think because our pitching is a little suspect to start the year, um, well, you can go two ways with this. You could want offense because the pitching is suspect. But I think because, A, the pitching is suspect, and, B, we have Raul Labanez playing every day in left field, I think we need to have someone in center who can field quite a bit. Plus, when Victorino comes back, that guy could potentially be the fourth outfitter on the roster, and then your fifth outfitter stares. So you want to have someone who can play all positions and play them well. So I think I would prefer a defensive player who can play center field at a high level. Um, offensively, I'd rather have a guy who can just take some pitches and work an at-bat, not necessarily have power because we have some guys in that ro- in the roster who do have power. So I'd rather just uh, like a steady, m- you know, moderate to lightweight offensive player who can play very good defense with center field capability. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And then, you know, if you have to later in the year, if he's still on the roster, you can use him as a late inning defensive replacement for Raul Ibanez, you know, right. it, you know, so, so down the line, um, it, it would benefit us to have a guy who is kind of defensively minded. Right. So, all right, so what do you think? Um, I'm looking at center field and the best center fielders, and uh, your Brian Anderson is out there. He's a 55 at center, which I'm fine with. Um, I actually went down the list a little bit, and I like Tyke Redman, but he's a 45 in center field. The reason I like him, I think, is because he just seems to have a good eye, and while he wasn't in the majors last year, uh, he does have some experience in 2007 where he had a 341 OBP, so that kind of looks nice to me. Um Corey Patterson is interesting. Uh, he has considerable experience. He's on a minor league contract, so that could be somewhere we go. But last year, he only hit 205 with a 238 OBP for Cincinnati, and he's 
been sort of declining his entire last couple of years. Um, Drew Macias is out there, who had a little bit of time with San Diego last year and hit 200, but that's 17 games. He's a 55 at center field. And then there's Buck Coates, who was with Toronto last year for a second and was with their AAA club last year. He has a 60 in center field, and he's only 26, so that could be, like, found money. I don't know. Who do you, like, is there anybody from that list or from a list, your list that you kind of like to fall on? Yeah, Buck Coates was also one that I was looking at just because, first of all, his name is amazing. Yeah, of Buck course. Buck Coates, you know, <laughs> like, so if baseball doesn't work out, he could, you know, kind of uh, end up in some kind of Western movie. I, I, was, um, thinking of, I was thinking of porn. That would also work. Too. I mean, I haven't seen the guy, but, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, his, <laughs> but, picture, um, his picture here, he looks like he would definitely do some porn. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so I'll visualize that as we go. Um, so <laughs> his defensive rating, though, is 60. His eye is 45. His contact um, against righties and lefties is 50. So that's, you know, at league average. Um, so I do like those. Uh, who was the second guy you said? The one with the good OBP? Oh, Tyke Redman. Tyke Redman, that's right. So, so, you know, he has some encouraging numbers also. Yeah, he he's uh, 55 and I, and it actually hasn't peaked yet. It, the peak is 60. Um, he's a 60 in avoid strikeouts. His home run power is very down, but I don't mind that. And he's very fast. He's got 55 speed, 75 base running, 65 stealing. So this is a guy who's smart on the base pass. Um, I, I, I think he's my top choice. I mean, his defense is not as strong as some of the others, but it looks like he'll give you a passable defense in both center and in left and even in right. Yeah, and, you know, the things that he's good at are things that would be helpful on our team, right? Because power, we have so many guys, and, and people have to remember, this is 2009 Phillies, right? So we have uh, we have Utley and Howard in their heyday, right? We have stairs off the bench if we need them. Ibanez can, can put one out, you know what I mean? So if we have a guy who's fast enough to take the extra base, um, who can get on base, you know, or or put the ball in play when guys are ahead of, you know, already on base, um, and then play decent passable defense. You know, those are the skills that we have room for in our lineup. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, what name sort of pops out? I like Redmond. I like Buck Coates. Um, I don't, let me look at Drew Macias real quick. I think he, his eye's decent. It's a 55. His avoid, his avoid strikeouts is a 40, so that's not as strong. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, you know, Tyke, Tyke sounds good to me. Okay. Our boy Tyke. And so these are guys who are all on waivers, yep. meaning that when we claim them, it's very possible that another team with a lower record than ours will claim them before we do. So it's good that we have, uh, you know, a list of options, a list of guys that we're interested in pursuing in case, you know, someone who is beneath us has priority over us also is interested in them. Well, let me make the call on Tyke Redmond, and if I'm told that we will not have access to him, I will then go to Buck Coates. Does that sound good, or do you want to go somewhere else? No, that's fine with me. Let me just look at Buck Coates again in his offensive profile. Yeah, I mean, he could be a little bit better in the, in the discipline, but he's also 26, so I think there might be some room to grow there in the gap. But let's do a call for Tyke Redmond. Do you think that any of these guys would accept an assignment to the minors? That's an interesting question. Um, so Tyke Redman is out of option years. Okay. So that might actually play into something here. Uh, he expects to be a bench player, so maybe he would accept the minors assignment, but he might not be able to pass through. 
Right, okay. Um, um, as for Buck Coates, as a 26-year-old, I feel like he might be a little bit more, uh, he'll probably also have an option or two, and he might be more equitable. He's also out of option years. The only players who actually have all of their options left are 35-year-old Marlon Anderson. Okay. And Juan Familiar Rivera. Name. And Juan Rivera. Okay. Yeah, hmm. I was just thinking, you know, if we do have to stock the farm a little bit also, waivers might be another way of doing that. Yeah. Um, well, let me let me call Ty, let me call Tyke Redmond. Let's see what happens here. Yeah. Okay, he's been accepted. We can take okay. Tyke Redmond, but he'll be on waivers until the end of the period. So hopefully we can hold on here. Um, let's see right, how much so time we, he has. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like twenty four hours, forty eight hours. Right, I think it starts at forty eight hours. Uh, well, um, it's three days left. It's irre- it's irrevocable waiver, so he has three days left. Okay. It's a ten day waiver. Oh, gotcha. All right. So we're going to have to go on into opening day with our old friend Brian Stavisky. But, um, and right now we have a Lehigh Valley team that is not completely full. But I don't believe they open their season immediately. So that will help. Yeah, that'll buy us some time. Um, are we, I don't, so I don't remember, are we still flirting with Colby Lewis? or did he We are flirting with Colby Lewis. That is one of the great subplots that we have going on. <laughs> Colby. <laughs> so far, that's our main story arc so far. Yeah, Colby Lewis, uh, we're still waiting on him to accept an offer. He does think our offer is the best one. We offered him about two and change. Um, so we're hoping to get word on that in the next couple of days. Lehigh Valley starts on April 9th. So that's actually about the day that Tyke Redmond should go through. And we can then move Mayberry to minor leagues, and we'll be all set there. Okay. So, yeah, that's great. Um, so with that, with Tyke Redmond potentially on board, and we'll see what happens after that, uh, let's go through our 25-man roster real quick just so that we have a sense of what we're looking at here. Um, offensively, catcher, we have Carlos Ruiz, who's going to be your everyday starter. Chris Coast is going to be your backup. He's going to get in there about every sixth game, according to uh, Charlie Manuel. Um, and it might be less than that, depending on day games, I'm sure. Uh, first base, Ryan Howard is obviously entrenched. Chris Coast is your backup there for the moment, which is interesting, but I guess he'd rather go with him than Dobbs. Well, here's why. Second base is Chase Utley. Bruntlett is your backup. Third base is Greg Dobbs right now. So Charlie actually wants Greg Dobbs starting over Pedro Feliz. I don't blame him. I mean, Dobbs had a strong spring, right, if I'm, yep. if I'm remembering correctly. He did. And, um, you know, some of his ratings are higher than Feliz's ratings. Yeah, plus last year in 128 games, 226 at-bats, he hit 301 with a 333 OBP, the best pinch hitter in baseball last year and the year before that. Uh, I think he deserves to get a chance to play every day here and see what he can do. Um, shortstop is Jimmy Rollins with Bruntlett as the backup. And the outfield is Abanez in left, Stavisky in center for the moment, and Jason Worth in right field. Matt Stairs is the backup in the outfield with John Mayberry Jr. as the second utility, which I don't love that, but I guess Manuel does not have much confidence in John Mayberry Jr. to start the season. No, and and that's kind of understandable. Um, He also has a 20 overall rating, and it sounds like when, uh, you know, when Robot, Charlie Manuel, made this lineup, he just kind of sorted by uh, overall rating. Well, I think he likes the veterans, too, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the Charlie Manuel way. Our rotation right now is four-man. Jay Happ will be back in a few days, so he'll join the rotation as the fifth man, I think. Um, Rodrigo Lopez will go down to AAA, 
at that moment. But right now the rotation is Cole Hamels, who will get the opening day start against Atlanta tonight. Joe Blanton is right now as slot as the number two, not Brett Myers. Uh, Myers is the three starter, and Kyle Kendrick is the four starter, which I'm okay with. And that's apples and oranges there. Um, and the bullpen, Mike Zagurski is your left-handed specialist. Clay Condry is in middle relief. Chanho Park is in middle relief. Scott Ayer is in middle relief. And Chad Durbin is in middle relief. Ryan Madsen is your setup man. And Brad Lidge is your closer. How's that sound? Uh, it'll do. You know, um, I just hope that Cole Hamill's 2009 is... Uh, you know, better than his real life 2009, which like had some people kind of doubting him, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, and and same goes for Lich. Really, I hope that his 2009 uh, in this game is better than his real 2009 was. Yeah, we don't know what. What are you talking about again with 2009, <laughs> real 2000? What does that mean? Well, I have this crystal ball over here that I didn't tell you about earlier. Oh, the crystal ball. Okay, I see. No worries. Now I understand. Um, okay, so. I think we're ready to, to, to play the first game of the season. But before we do that, let's just real quick talk about the website that we both write for, philliesnation.com. The Phillies might stink right now, but there's some good things happening. Nick Williams is on the team finally. Uh, this was recorded back in June, July, whatever it was. So, yeah, he's on the team now. Um, Scott Kingery's doing some things. All good stuff. We talked to both of those guys, by the way, at philliesnation.com. You can get those interviews. You can also read our amazing uh, series previews where we preview each series that happens before the Phillies lose them. And we do a lot of great feature pieces. Uh, Dan, do you have anything that you recently did that you're proud of? Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I try to – everything I put up, I'm, I'm proud of, you know. So um, right now what I'm looking at is all the plate disciplines. So by the time, you know, by the time this episode goes up, that might be out. Or I might have given up and, and, and it didn't go out because I'm weeping in a corner somewhere. But, you know, coming into the season, we talked about how Mass Stairs wanted to increase plate discipline, you know, have guys be more selective with pitches. So I am starting to take a look at whether or not that's actually happening and if it's happening for some players more than others. Um, so we'll kind of see how that turns out. Great. I mean, that sounds like good stuff. I may have not listened to anything that you just said there. But I'm sure when it's red, it's not kidding. <laughs> no, it's uh, fine. You just you sound exactly like my students. It's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> Boy, you must have you must. How many jobs have you had in the last couple of years teaching? Um, three. Okay. Okay. Three. There you so go. Three different schools, very different students. You know, it's great. Um, but no, you know, so you kind of get used to people coming in and out of the conversation, uh, and it feels exactly like this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can get all of Dan's writing and much more at philliesnation.com. Go to it for all your Phillies news, rumors, information, and more. philliesnation.com. Also on Twitter at philliesnation, Instagram at philliesnation underscore, and at Facebook at facebook.com slash philliesnation. Okay, I just got a message from our owner, Andres Aguayo. Yes, the owner of the 2009 Phillies is Andres Aguayo. And his message to me said, welcome to the new season. I hope that the offseason has treated you well. Thank you, Andres, it has. This is also a reminder that the team should at least reach the playoffs. (laughs) He cuts no – he gets right down to it, man. (laughs) He does, although I will say that his expectations are actually lower than mine. So, you know, I'm hoping to not only make the playoffs but actually go pretty far into them. Yeah, well, um, I know. My my going into the year, my – I think that the Phillies should at least contend – I don't know if we're going to make the playoffs or not. I would love to make the playoffs, obviously, but I'm not as strong as you are with wanting to make the playoffs. 
Um, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a failure in that case. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a success if we contend basically to like the last two or three weeks of the season because this team last year got a little bit of luck at the end to win. So, you know, we talked about that earlier, but that's how I feel. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and I mean, it really depends on if we don't make the playoffs, it would really depend on why that is. You know, is there some horrible string of injuries where we lose Utley and Howard for six months or something like that? Because then, oh, you know, God. there's not much you can do about that. But um, if it's just, you know, we get beaten out by a game and a half or something by a team that we should have beaten, then that's a little frustrating. Then that's, right. you know, that feels like failure. Okay, well, speaking of failure, let's play. <laughs> <laughs> It's opening day. The Phillies are playing the Atlanta Braves. Uh, we have a Sunday night baseball game at Citizens Bank Park. Really fun stuff happening where the Phillies are going to actually march down from Ashburn Alley onto the field, red carpet and all. They're going to get the rings. Uh, we're going to have gold on our jerseys, which is really interesting. Um, any opening day uh, sort of thoughts, predictions? Cole Hamill's on the mound against uh, who's on the mound for Derek Lowe. So a uh, rematch of game one of the 2008 NLCS. What do you think? I feel good about it. I feel good going into this. And Derek Lowe, um, you know, he's a righty, right? Um, so going up yes. against Utley and Howard and, and Abania is in the middle of that order, and he pitches the contact. Uh, I, I feel good things going for this game. Okay, cool. So let's go into it. Um, all right, so the Phillies lineup tonight. Jimmy Rollins is leading off at shortstop. Raul Abanez is batting second in left field. So that's a very interesting strategy from Charlie Manuel. That is very interesting. I mean, with Victorino on the bench, or Victorino on the DL, that might be the reason. Um, Chase Utley's batting third at second base. Ryan Howard is batting fourth at first base. Jason Worth is hitting fifth in right field. Carlos Ruiz is hitting sixth at catcher. Greg Dobbs is hitting seventh at third base. And Brian Stavisky is batting eighth in center field. Cole Hamels is on the mound. And then the Braves lineup is Omar Infante, Yunel Escobar, Chipper Jones, Brian McCann, Martin Prado, Garrett Anderson, their new pickup uh, over the offseason, is playing in left field. Jeff Francoeur is in right. Casey Kochman is at first. And then Derek Lowe at pitcher. Sounds wow. like a bang-up team those, there. All those names, just hearing them all in a row like that just reminds me how much I hated all of them at one point in my life. Really just because they were <laughs> on the Braves. That's really it. Like, you know, Chipper Jones retires. And I'm like, you know what? He was a good player. But while he was on the Braves, I hated him so much. Eh, I still don't like him now. I mean, I'm not going to hang out with him, but at least I can look at his numbers and be like, yeah, he was a good player, you know, and not feel my blood pressure rise. He was a good player. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get going here. So Cole Hamels will be on the mound, and we have a base hit to start the game by Omar Infante. So right away, good stuff for the Phils, uh, already with a man on base. Just setting up the double play, though. Yeah. There's a base hit for Omar Infante. Or excuse me, for uh, UNL Escobar. Or no, yeah, UNL Escobar. So it's two men on and nobody out. But Chipper Jones just struck out. So Cole Hamels got back on his horse there. There you go. Now it's Brian McCann with two men on and one out. And that's it to right center. Worth gets it on a nice catch. It's a really nice catch by Jason Worth. I'm glad we, I'm glad we held on to him, right? Yeah, we did almost trade him. Uh, was that the first episode or the second? That was the uh, first week, I believe. Yeah, I think that was the first one, and we almost traded him for, uh, you know, guys that I don't think would have actually made this team better looking at it now. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely right now. Uh, definitely, they were, yeah, with Victorino out, definitely. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, so Hamels got out of the first inning. He hit a batter, but he got out of it. And Jimmy Rollins is going to get a base hit. That's going to the wall. He's going to second, and he got a stand-up double. So great start to the season for the Phillies offense. I like that. Jimmy Rollins, by the way, has a goatee in this game. <laughs> Rollins steals third base. Look at this. Wow. Yeah, it, you know, there will come a point in time where, you know, we're removed enough from this to remember all these guys at their best, and I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. All right, Raul Abanez struck out in his first appearance as a Philly. Here's Chase. He hits it back to right field. It is caught, but it's enough to score Rollins, so we're up one to nothing in the first. Look at that. And Howard is going to hit one to Casey Kochman, who gets the out to end the first. So we're up one to nothing after one. So these kinds of games, you know, we're not going to make any judgments here. If uh, Jason Worth strikes out, I'm not going to say let's trade Jason Worth, right? No, definitely not. We have to be mindful of sample sizes and how it's a long season. A lot of these guys we have for multiple seasons, you know, so we don't need to overreact about anything. All right, so Hamels, I believe, walked uh, Jeff Francoeur, but he got an out. Derek Lowe was trying to bunt to move Francoeur over to second, and he struck him out. So uh, Derek Lowe cannot bunt for his life. And now Omar Infante is at the pitch, and he grounds one over to Utley, and that's the end of the inning. So good recovery there for Cole, who's now thrown 35 pitches, 40 pitches. And I can hear Sarge now saying, shut down inning. Yeah, definitely. That was one of his favorite uh, phrases. I miss Sarge. (laughs) Jason Worth with a base hit to lead off the second. And Chase Utley, excuse me. Carlos Ruiz hitting six in the lineup, uh, flies one to center for the out. It'll be an interesting gambit to see how long Ruiz hits six, probably until Victorino comes back. Yeah, I would think so. And then, you know, the the whole lineup feels very different with Victorino in it. Worth steals second base with Greg Dobbs at the plate. So the Phils are aggressive here to start uh, the season. Yeah, sounds like it. And Worth, you know, isn't the fastest runner and never really was, you know, in a way that Rollins and Victorino have been, but he's a very smart runner. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of good smart runners on this team, actually. Here's Stavisky. Yep. Stavisky walked in his first plate appearance as a Philly. That's great. Good to see it. Yeah, for sure. But that brings up Cole Hamels with two on and two out, and he grounds out. So why didn't you hit the ball, Brian Stavisky? <laughs> You're getting Turn the lineup cut. over, though. That's fine. <laughs> That's true. All right, so here's Unel Escobar, who grounds one to first, and Howard makes the play by himself. I'm sure he'll do that a lot this year. I hope so. Chipper Jones at the plate, and he grounds one over to short, and that gets through for a base hit. So Chipper, you know, he's good. He's a good player. That's that's the nicest thing I could say about him, and that's as specific as I'd like to be. (laughs) (laughs) Brian McCann's at the plate, and he hits one to short. That could be two. That is... Two, double play. Great job nice. by the infield and Cole Hamels, who now is through 58 pitches in three innings. He's got to bring that down a little bit, but not bad for the first game so far. Jimmy Rounds walks to lead off the, the bottom of the third. Let's see if we can get a little bit of a rally here. Abanez is at the plate. Maybe he can punch Rollins over to third. Rollins is running, and McCann could not get the throw off. So another nice. stolen base. 
Yeah, I remember Lowe throwing a lot of sinkers and fastballs. So he seems like a guy that you could run on and, you know, try for the hit and run. I know teams don't really do that a ton anymore, but if he's a guy that you can make a lot of contact off, um, you know. So Abanez just hit one in the right center, and it fell for a double, and that scores Rollins. It's two to nothing. All right. Now Abanez is at third on a Chase Utley ground out, and here's Ryan Howard with a man on a third and one out. And he grounds one to second. Prado gets it over. But Avania scores on it because it was deep enough, so now we're up 3 nothing. Nice. Wow. This is a really I, I good almost, start. Yeah, I almost forget to steal it. <laughs> and Worth hit one of the warning track, but it was caught in left field for the final out. So a 3 nothing lead after 3. Hopefully Cole can get through uh, the shutdown inning. Well, he just walked Martin Prado, so forget that. <laughs> And now a pass ball, and Prado's on at second. And this is not the way that we want it to go here. No, not exactly. Okay, Worth makes a catch for out number one, and Prado did not tag up to third. That might have been a base-running blunder there by the bad base-running Prado. See, the Braves were not valuing uh, intangibles in the offseason. I guess not. All right, a ground out for Frank Corr, two down in the inning, and here is Kochman, and he struck out. So nice, nice job by Hamels again. 71 yeah. pitches through four. Yeah, not his sharpest start, but he's getting it done. All right, Ruiz is out, and here's Greg Dobbs sitting in the seven hole. And he lines one in the short center for a base hit. So Greg Dobbs starting off the season nicely there. And here's Stavisky. On base with a 1,000 percentage. Dobbs is stole second. They are really taking advantage of this battery here. Yeah. Stavisky grounds one to second. Prado gets it over. Dobbs goes to third. So with two outs, a man on third, and here's Hamels. And that's a base hit. All right. You know, he, he has hit a home run. So, I mean, not yep. in this game, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Four-nothing looking... fills. I'm looking at the at the batting ratings too, because because when Dobbs stole, uh, so the game gives him a, a run rating of 50, but it gives Ryan Howard 55. What? Yeah. That's that, not good. That can't, <laughs> that can't be right. I didn't mess with that. I swear. <laughs> All right. So there's a man on at first base with one out here for the Braves in the top of the fifth, and. Yunel Escobar is at the plate. Abanez makes a sliding catch. There is something going on in the in the water right now. <laughs> These guys are doing things that they don't typically do. Well, it's it's like they say about fielders. You know, sometimes the guys who make the best plays are the ones who uh, just were too slow to get there in time. You know, like a capable yeah, yeah. left fielder would have just been camped out underneath it. But Abanez yep. had to slide. It looks better, but really he just has poor range. <laughs> All right, so we're out through the fifth, uh, four nothing still in the bottom of the fifth, and now two outs after Chase Utley grounds out, and it'll bring up Ryan Howard, and he walks. So here's Jason Worth, and he got hit by a pitch. So now we have first and second with two outs for Carlos Ruiz hitting in that six hole. Come on, Charlie, pay it off, pay it off. Deep center, back it goes, but it's caught. He does not mm-hmm. have the power to hit it over the fence in center field. Still four to nothing. Hamels is in the sixth inning. 
And it's a base hit for Brian McCann, who also, I believe, is good. <laughs> yeah, I hated him for a long time, too. Yeah. Prado uh, lined out to Rollins, one out for Garrett Anderson. And he gets a base hit. McCann's going to third. Stavisky's making a, t- uh, making a throw, but it's not going to get there in time. So first and third with one out. Big moment here for uh, Hamels. Yeah, it is. I mean, you want to see him get through the inning, obviously, um, and then it might be his last inning. But you definitely don't want to see the other team chipping away. Okay, so it's a fly ball to right field, but it wasn't deep enough, so Worth caught it. No run scored. And now a ground ball to the first base, and Howard was able to make the play to Hamels. 4 nothing, six inning, over for Hamels at 103 pitches. Good. So hopefully that brings in uh, our, uh, I wonder if uh, Scott Ayers is going to come in or Chad Durbin or something like that here in the seventh. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. And, you know, it, it's really important for us that, that Hamels does pitch well because our rotation is not one of our strengths. So if he pitches yeah. poorly, then we don't really have anybody to kind of pick up after him. All right. Brian Stavisky got his first major league hit a double to center field. Nice. Oh, a double. Wow. I think that's his first major league hit. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. Um, I think I'm the only person in history who has Brian Stavisky in his in his Google search history. <laughs> Except for Brian Stavisky. <laughs> yeah. All right, so nothing there in the sixth inning. Uh, Hamels is out there again in the seventh. So Charlie's giving him a little bit of a room here. 104 pitches now, one out in the seventh inning. You don't see that a lot anymore, especially this early in the season. Yeah, it's really early for that. But I guess he feels confident in Cole, and he's got six and two-thirds done, so we'll see what he does here against Unalaska Bar. Yeah. Oh, also, Brian Stavisky uh, never made it to the majors. Yep, so there's his first major league hit right there. Yep. That's awesome. He's, he played for nine years, all of them in the minors. All right, Cole got through seven easily, and I think that hopefully that's it for him for the game. Uh, Banyas flew out, one out in the seventh for Chase Utley. And that's out number two. Chase is hitting 0 for the year right now. That's not good. Eh, drop him. Yeah. Maybe we should keep Miguel Cairo in the majors. Yeah, we should send Utley to Lehigh Valley. Yep. All right, we're going into the top of the eighth inning, and let's see here. Hamels is back out. That's, that's, I disagree. I... <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, I don't really like that. 111 pitches right now. He just struck out Brian McCann, though. He's feeling it right now, apparently. Yeah, he is. All right, here's uh, Martin Prado. Let's see if he gets through eight. Rollins makes a great play to end the inning. Look at that. So, Hamels is working on a shutout here. Maybe he'll go nine. I, I'm surprised, but you know what? Maybe Charlie just knows something better. Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, I Personally, I would have pulled him after six, but I guess it's worked out so far. Yeah. I mean, it's the first game of the year. You don't want to really stretch him too much. Yeah. Carlos Ruiz is on uh, first base with an error on Martin Prado. Again, Martin Prado really hurting this team right now. I don't like Martin Prado. I don't know if you know that. No, I don't think many people do. At least not in, <laughs> at least not in Philly. Two down in the inning after Dobbs fly out, and that'll bring up Stavisky. Be trying to work off his first major league hit here, and he struck out. That's more like it. <laughs> All right, ninth inning, and Cole is going to try to complete the complete game shutout. 
How many hits has he given up? Six. Six. He struck out five and walked two. Up. Oh, so with one out in the inning, Charlie decided to come out and pull him for Ryan Madsen. <laughs> All right. Madsen just gave up a double to Jeff Franco. <laughs> <laughs> Ground ball to short. Rollins gets him. Uh, Casey Koshman. So two down in the inning. Let's see if we can finish this off here. It's going to be a pinch hitter for the Braves. Kelly Johnson. And he strikes out. So that's it. Game over. All right. Well, that, that was a good opening day. That was a great opening day. I think the fans got everything they wanted to out of this one. Yeah. Philly started the 2009 season with an impressive 4 nothing win against the Atlanta Braves. Cole Hamels was the name player of the game. Of course he was. The Philadelphia dugout showed signs of unrest at times. Really? Interesting. But the Phillies put this one in the win column with some good pitching and some timely hitting at critical moments. Un- unrest? Yeah, what, is, what do they even mean by that? I don't know. I wonder if they were, like, antsy to, like, maybe they were upset that they didn't get more off of uh, Derek Lowe. Could be. I was also thinking maybe uh, just some, you know, having, maybe what we were talking about, having Hamels out there so long, people were walking around like, what are you doing, Charlie? Yeah. But Hamels went eight and a third, struck out five, walked two, threw 119 pitches. So very dusty bakery of uh, Charlie Manuel. Madsen cleaned it up for two thirds and got a strikeout. Um, nobody really stuck out hitting wise, but Rollins went one for three with a, a walk and two runs scored. And Brian Stavisky hit a double. Uh, Raul Banyas hit a double. So good game, good game to start the 2009 season. Yeah, and they they manufactured some of those runs, which is nice. Yeah, really. So let's go through this and see what happens here. If we get any messages from. Uh, Kobe Lewis or anything like that. I do have a personal message. How personal is it? It's a message from Kobe <laughs> Lewis. Well, we have been flirting with him for a while now. What we have. Let's see what he says. I'm worth a lot more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> three times now we've given him what he what he was asking for, though. Now he's saying Los Angeles is promising me a king's ransom, and I'm likely going to accept it unless something better comes along. <laughs> well, how how high does demand go up? Well, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I'll see in a second. I wanted to see which Los Angeles he's talking about. He's talking about the yeah. Dodgers. Okay. Um, good God. So Colby right now wants... Well, now... <laughs> Now Colby Lewis has told us that he's not interested in playing for Charlie Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he just watched Cole Hamill's pitch two innings more than he should have. <laughs> yeah, and Colby Lewis is fragile. He's injury prone. And, and I forget how old he is. Um, but he's, he's looking at this and he's like, I don't want to go out there and throw 120 pitches. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so that's it. That's probably it for us and Colby Lewis. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll find a job somewhere because he hasn't found one yet. <laughs> it's, it sounds like he'll just sign with the Dodgers, uh, and then we won't have to worry about it. But, you know, we can also be looking at the waiver wire for pitching. Uh, I think Pedro Martinez is still available if we need an arm somewhere down the line. You know, if Hap has kind of a problem coming back, if it's taking longer from the heel, you know, anything along those lines. So I do believe that Martinez was uh, swiped up um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking now. He ended up back on the waiver wire. So I don't know why someone signed him and then is passing him through waivers already. Okay. Um, let's see where he is right now. Pedro. Pedro Martinez. Where is he? He is. He's playing for Boston. <laughs> so, so the Red Sox decided to bring him back, and then I guess maybe you know, try to rekindle some magic, and they decided that he wasn't good enough in spring training, so they got rid of him. Wow. They're trying to get rid of him. I don't know. All right. So. <sighs> yeah. Kobe Lewis. Sorry, John Smoltz is also on the waiver wire. I mean, there's some. I mean, they're older guys at this point in their careers, but uh, you know, there are names out there. If we need a guy, we can get a guy. Yeah, Bartolo I don't think Colon, I'm... who is a young 35 years old. Yeah, I feel like he could play another 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we're 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 okay. You know, we don't we don't have to necessarily. I mean, it'd be great to have a guy like Colby Lewis who has a lot of upside, but it's not the end of the world that he's not coming here. We have other guys. Yeah. The reason we were so interested in Colby Lewis was that he was rated very highly by the game. I think he's a 70. Um, so he would have been actually our best starting pitcher. And at first he was only asking for about a million dollars. I think even less than a million dollars. So how can you pass that up? Little did we know that it would turn into, you know, a month of back and forth and him ignoring us and then him being kind of rude to us. And then ultimately not <laughs> even wanting to play for Charlie Manuel. So, so forget him. On to the next yeah. one. It's over. It's over, my friend. You're done. Um, Miguel Cairo continues to not want to play in Lehigh Valley, so we're just going to keep seeing if he will play in Lehigh Valley, and if he doesn't, we'll just release him. I don't care. You know, as um, someone as someone who used to live in the Lehigh Valley, though, I get it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just has one Kevin Meher as his uh, starting left fielder. That's possible. All right. So we're going to go through the next day here. We have an off day here between putting day and the rest of the race series. And Colby Lewis has signed with the Washington Nationals. <laughs> All right. Kind of out of nowhere. How much did they give him? $2.96 million. He's probably worth it. Yeah. But uh, it was just getting so annoying to uh, go back and forth. And then he probably wouldn't have signed with us anyway. So Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't mind. Um, you know, if he gets hurt in the first month of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. No, not at all. But if he goes 18-5 and five with a 2.92 ERA, I'm going to cry probably a little bit. Yeah, or if he gets a shot out against us, uh, you know, the last day of the season when we're trying to clinch a playoff spot or something like that, <laughs> I, I might be I might be unhappy. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> all right, let's uh, simulate the uh, the rest of the Braves series here, see what happens. Yeah. So Joe Blanton's on the hill against Javier Vasquez, and we lost 5-3. to three. Okay. So just to go through what happened in this game. So we had a 3 nothing lead in the fourth inning. Uh, Raul Abanez with an RBI double. Chase Utley with an RBI ground out. And an error scored a runner in the fourth. But the 3 nothing lead evaporated very quickly as Joe Blanton gave up three runs in the fifth inning. Okay. Atlanta took the lead in the seventh against Blanton. Again, he was still in the game, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Nope. I might have, I might have pulled him. No, no, wrong. Chad Durbin was in the game in the seventh inning. Okay, so Durbin oh, okay. was in, yeah. and the Braves scored a run off of him, and they tacked on a run in the ninth inning off of Brad Lidge. So Charlie, trying to preserve the one-run deficit, could not do so. Oh well. Yeah, I mean you lose some, right? 
So yeah, we're gonna lose more than some. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're experts at that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they say you're gonna win fifty, you're gonna lose fifty. It's the it's the rest that really matter. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm not too super worried about it. It doesn't sound like you know anything awful happened. We'll just have to see how things progress. Okay, so Tyke Redman went through. He's on our roster. Okay, good. Um, now our forty man roster is at forty men. So I'm going to have to make a cut, and I believe the guy who we should probably cut is Tyler Walker, who is 32 years old and doesn't have a lot of good stuff. He's really sort of filler in AAA and could make the majors if we need him, but I'm not hanging on him at all. Yeah, in fact, I think we actually mentioned him before as our guy that we would cut if we had to. Yeah, so I'm going to just – I'm going to wave him, and I'm going to wave him, um, and if he – if he gets through and we can keep him only high value, that's great. If not, no skin off my back. Yeah, I mean, he is listed as a 32-year-old relief pitcher with an overall rating of 25. You know, those aren't things that are hard to replace. Right. And he's only making he's only making uh, half a million this year. So. Okay. So with that, I'm going to put Tyke Redman on the roster. And he will go... Philadelphia. John Mayberry Jr. will move down to Lehigh Valley. Update the lineup for Lehigh Valley. Sure. Yeah, and, and you know, what's so frustrating, too, about managing the minor league rosters is looking at these names and realizing just how shallow the Phillies were in you know during their successful run. You look at the Lehigh Valley roster, and there is nobody who you're really super excited about, even. You know, Jason Donald has some potential, you know, a couple guys with some potential, but it's not like, it's not like, you know, today in real life, there's no J.P. Crawford there. Uh, you know, there's no, um, well, I would say Nick Williams, but now he's in Philadelphia. But, uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not like we have a ton of names that we're super excited to have to find positions for when we look at our, our minor league teams. Yeah, it's very slim pickings in the prospect bin right now. Yeah, I mean, this is, we have Darren Ross before anybody cared about him. Um, you know, Lou Marson, when he was 22, you know, some potential there also. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say more, and then I was like, I can't pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you go farther down, you see a few more guys. Um, Dominic Brown in Clearwater. Yeah. But, uh, you know, certainly a shallow system overall. Travis Darno before he was traded. Michael, Ta- Michael Taylor in Reading, you know, has a little bit of Right, yeah, potential. Michael Taylor for sure. All right. Let's go through one more day here against the Braves, see if we can win the series against Jar Jurgens, uh, the great Dutchman. Yeah. <laughs> Brett Myers on the hill today for the Phils. So that didn't go well. No? The Phillies lost 12 to nothing. Oh, that, that's not good. Yeah, we lost to Atlanta 12 to nothing. Um, why I don't know. Uh, it was just a f- all-out stymied by Jar Jurgens kind of game. Yeah, I, I think the only reason I ever thought Jair Jurgens would be so good is that he probably all of his good starts came against the Phillies. I feel like yeah, it's probably true. Probably true. Uh, Greg Dobbs continues to hit well, two for three in the game, three sixty-four average, and. Tyke Redman did get the start and is batting second, just as Charlie Emanuel would want it. Uh, <laughs> Tyke Redman went over 4. And Brett Myers gave up six runs in four and a third inning 
His ERA is yeah. twelve four six, and it was so bad that he Charlie Manuel brought in the trio of Zagurski, Condry, and I and Air, who each gave up at least a run. So there you go. Yeah, that's a tough game. Yeah, right that's there. a game you just throw away. I think. Yeah, nothing really went right. All right, so with that, we're going to go through into the next series, playing the Colorado Rockies. Three games set in Denver. Cliff Lee is going to miss some time. Uh, he tripped over his coffee table. <laughs> you know, at least they took the time to program in some of the kind of goofy injuries that, that tend to actually really happen a lot. So, <laughs> That's right. So I, I like that touch. Maybe we shouldn't trade for him, though, if, if he's out for too long. Just a thought. And and the and the Rays uh, signed Ben Sheets to a four point four million dollar deal. Okay, yeah, he was another one that we were looking at, but we were we were a little wary because of his injury history. Yeah. Also, uh, a young pitcher for the Diamondbacks, Max Scherzer, uh, threw four, fifteen strikeouts in beating the Rockies. On you know, I think he's going to be a pretty good Wednesday. pitcher. Yeah, no, he 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 could be quite good actually. Yeah. Got a, got good a good 2008. Well, no, he came up 2008 and had a couple starts. Yeah, it could be good. All right, time to play the Rockies. Let's, Let's gonna, do it. So, wait a second, Charlie Manuel. Charlie's doing stuff. What is he doing? He went back to a five-man rotation and he wants Rodrigo Lopez to start today. Mm. Uh, what do you think? Well. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but with that off day, we shouldn't we shouldn't need one, right? No, we shouldn't. We should be able to stick with the four men, and then hopefully Jay Happ will be ready by the time his spot comes up again. But that's not what Charlie wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> should we just let him go with that for a little bit here? It, it wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't kill us, right? And 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 if anything, maybe Rodrigo will impress us. Let's find out. I mean, if he does well enough, then then maybe he can bump Kendrick. If you know, if if we have to, if we decide we want to. We lost eleven to ten to the Rockies, Ugh, and God. and Rodrigo Lopez was diagnosed with an oblique strain. He'll be out for a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Worse yet, the uh, the loss of the Rockies happened in fifteen innings. So this is what I get for trying to be an optimist, by the way, about <laughs> about letting Lopez start. Lopez left after a third of an inning. Are you serious? Yeah. And Chanho Park came in and gave up two runs in an inning and two-thirds. Zagurski did all right. Air gave up a couple runs. Chad Durbin gave up a couple runs and blew the save. Condry gave up. Uh, Condry came in for a third. And then Madsen, Lidge, and Kendrick... Kendrick pitched, by the way. Kendrick pitched three and a third innings and lost the game. Charlie Manuel. But we scored ten runs. Chase Utley went five for six. Good. With four RBI and a home run. Is that our first home run of the year? Uh, Yeah. Chase Utley hit one, and then Jason Worth hit one in the 13th that would have won the game. But... Kyle Kendrick was pitching. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this seems like a really crazy game. Oh, man. Dang. That stinks. Yeah, and at this point in my life, also in 2009, I still really hated the Rockies because of 2007 in the playoffs. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to put Rodrigo Lopez on the DL 
uh, 15-day. I'm not going to move anybody right. because Jay Happ will be back in a day, so it's not worth it to bring anybody in right now. Yeah, it's it's not worth I mean, the bus ticket. I mean, even really. though the bullpen has been taxed ad nauseum now, thanks to Charlie Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing he let Hamels pitch for about 20 innings on opening day. Well, there you go, yeah. Otherwise, they'd be even more taxed. All right. So now we're going to go to the – yeah, now J-Hap's off the DL. So here we go. J-Hap is on. Perfect. Back on the roster. And I'm going to go to my pitching staff, and I'm going to ask Charlie to set up his pitching staff. And now he's got J-Hap slotted in the three spot, uh, pushing Myers and Kendrick down one, which is totally fine with me. Okay. Yep, that's completely arbitrary. All right. Let's continue with the second game in the three-game set against Colorado on a Saturday. Cole Hamill against Ubaldo Jimenez. Because Hamill's got... He's not, letting, he's, he's not letting our friend Tyke bat second again, is he? Um, let's take a look. Yeah, he did bat second, and they lost one to nothing. Uh, so it, can we tell him to not do that? Because, <laughs> I mean, why would you ever want that guy to get more at-bats than Chase Utley. I mean, because th- that's really what's happening. If he bats second and Utley bats third, yeah. he's getting more at-bats than Utley is, and that's just, that should be illegal. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to figure this out, but I, I don't I don't know if, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think he might have to hit second. We'll, we'll truck forward here. one nothing loss to the Rockies, by the way. So after, yeah, after, after scoring 10 runs against the Rockies, they can't barely get a hit. They got six They got six hits. By the way, Hamels went eight innings <laughs> and threw 122 <laughs> pitches. <laughs> oh, no. He's going to be burned out by May. And he struck out nine and gave up just one hit or two hits. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> Charlie's doing a nice and job I, so far. <laughs> that's our isn't that our second time being shut out? Um, I believe it is. Yeah, that we, our second game of the year we got shut out by the Braves or third game uh, the Yardersians. Oh yeah. So I miss Victorino. <laughs> um, got a little bit of injury news here. Nothing crazy, but uh, Eric Massingham uh, is hurt from Lakewood. It's not a big deal, but just letting you know. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try to get a win here. It's Jay Happ against Jorge De La Rosa, and we lost nine to eight. Wow. So, so we're losing. I mean, these are close games that we're losing, but it just seems like we can't get the hitting and the pitching on the same day. Yeah. Swept by the Rockies. Oh man, what did I just tell you about two thousand seven? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're not fun, are they? No, Let's not see. my favorite memories, no. And in this one, the Phillies gave up two runs in the eighth inning. Uh, they were up 8-7, to seven, and they blew it in the eighth. Ryan Who was Madsen. pitching? Ryan Madsen, Madsen blew this one. Another tough one for Madsen. Oh. Hap didn't pitch very well. He gave up seven runs in four in the third inning. So he he immediately put himself in trouble. Um 
but we were able to hit Jorge De La Rosa. And uh, Brian Stavisky got a start, but he also, by the way, batted second. Yeah, it sounds like just whoever plays center field is going to bat second. Yep. It's the Charlie Manuel way. <laughs> it's simple. It's not very effective, but it is It is a system. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we are right now. Uh, the team is one and five. Not great. No. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah. <laughs> Shane Victorino is still a week away from coming off the DL. Uh, Jeremy Sladen is also hurt for Lehigh Valley, but we can't put him on the DL because they don't have many outfielders in Lehigh Valley. Um, we're currently waiting on people to come off the DL. So both Shane Victorino is going to come off in about a week or so, hopefully. Um, Andrew Carpenter is coming off the DL relatively soon as well, probably in a week. And that's about it. Rodrigo Lopez is, you know, going to be hanging around for another week as well in the DL. Yeah, we're uh, just waiting for some guys to come back and otherwise hoping to get a win or two here. I mean, this is this is a crappy first week for us. Yeah, you know, uh, it, in real life, in 2009, the Phillies started 3-3, three and three, um, you know, which would feel a lot better right now. And one thing that is concerning is that these guys that are coming back aren't going to help our rotation at all. And all these runs, or, or even our bullpen, and all these, you know, we're giving it way too many runs so far. So that might continue to be a problem that we need to monitor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so one in five team, but we are playing the Nationals coming up, and the Nationals aren't a very good team right now. Uh, they are three and three on the season to start the year. Uh, so that's something to look at. And they're playing in Washington. It's their home opener on a Monday. Um, Joe Blanton goes for the Phillies, and he's going up against the Nationals uh, starter, Colby Lewis. <laughs> oh, it's poetic. So, for Playing the Rube, <laughs> I am Tim Malcolm. This is Dan Walsh. Dan, any final thoughts before next week's uh, Dance with Colby? Well, I'm looking forward to playing a Nationals team that still had Lastings Millage on it. Oh, baby. (laughs) Good old Lastings. All right. We will uh, see you next week.